It's time for Loud Pipes. The podcast that brings you the best conversations relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring adventures. Here are your hosts for this episode, Rich Warfield and John Maracle. Loud Pipes, episode 105. We're going to be talking about boosted bikes. We don't mean stolen. We're going to be refining our colder riding gear. And the robots are taking over. Or are they? Johnny John, Spider Silk, technical director, longtime friend. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. I'm enjoying tonight. I think we're having a fun time. And the boys in the, in, in the live stream are, oh my goodness. Tearing it up. Tearing it up tonight. There's gonna be little. I don't know. Might have to might have to send the uh, might send Nelly in there to keep them straight tonight. Have they been cleaning? Have they been drinking as much as us? I don't know. Maybe they might be. Speaking of drinking, are you? Yeah, man. I have a new beer tonight. New beer. I'm trying a Reds Blueberry Ale. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Reds Apple Ale. <laughs> no, like... <laughs> man. I changed up for you. <laughs> Red's blueberry ale. Okay, not too bad. How is it? Bottle? Yeah, it's in a bottle, man. You know they don't have cans. What do you got tonight? I know you probably got either uh, Sammy Adams or Sierra Nevada or a copper. Oh, all wrong, my friend. All wrong. Oh man, it's time to take me down to the Paradise City. Paradise City Session IPA. From Birds Birdsong Brewing here in Charlotte. Cool. I should have just asked if it was IPA, and that would have got me. You, know, <laughs> you would have gotten closer. Wait, four point eight percent in a. Hold on, roll it around. One pint. Can't. Oh. Sorry for the loud volume there. You, you're making Roger jealous, man. He's still at work. <laughs> but hang on, hang on, hang on. This morning, though, at five a.m., he was talking about having beer at five. Well, it was 8 o'clock for us, so that's 5 o'clock for him. That's what he was talking about, beer, you know, 8 o'clock this morning. It was that kind of week, I guess. I guess so. All right. Well, you want to talk about riding a little bit? I've been riding a bunch, and I know you've been a little bit under the weather, but... Yeah, me no riding. I've been out three three times this week. Sunday, uh, rode out from my massage, my monthly massage. And then I came home and actually recorded a podcast with Mr. McKinney. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You, you, you want to join the Throttle crew? Build in on Throttle for Larry since he was out uh, as a trooper. He's out riding again on a big trip after uh, just recently laying his bike down. So happy to fill in. Had a great time. Well, that's good. That's good. Did, did, so did, so did he rent a bike or or does that need to be in a show? I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get the details on his ride, but I'm sure they'll talk about it when he gets back. Cool. Yeah, that'll be episode 106. All right. All right. Check it out. Cool. Well, yeah, as you said, I haven't been riding. I, as of last recording, you know, I was sick, and pretty much went to work Friday, got home, went to bed, and Saturday was like all out. Sunday all out. 
you know, I finally started feeling better on Sunday and slowly this week I've gotten a little better, but, but I am going out tomorrow. Nice. Yeah. I've been riding a little bit in the morning, had a dentist appointment earlier in the week. So I rode out to that and then I went to lunch after, and then I rode out today, just worked from the library this morning, just a little change of pace from working from home. So nice to get the old girl out a couple of times. Well, I'm glad, man. I'm glad. In fact, as we're getting ready for the show, you know, we're doing our, our yearly leaderboard in the clubhouse guys and, and dangerous Dave messaged me or message in the, in the live stream that I have more miles on my bike than he does. Oh man. Oh, <laughs> yeah. and Roger's trying to sandbag you a little. He says you should recover some more. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Stay yeah home. I'm catching up. And, 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 oh, one other thing, I know we forgot to mention this and I didn't say in the last show, we got to give an, a shout out to Deb Fastenisa. She had a party and completed her 50cc. That's right. And her coast to coast ride uh, event for charity. And Sunday was the homecoming. Yep. And I was going to go down there, but it was raining. I wasn't under weather. So Roger, that would have been another 400 miles I would have had. Yeah, we're gonna we'll have Deb on the show here before long. We need to catch up on her coast to coast ride, and and she was at AIM as well. So we'll get that update. Yep. All right. News topics. New topics coming through. New topics, and as John slipped a little bit, it will be news sort of topics. <laughs> so we're we're not going to do the rapid fire news this episode. We have a couple topics that you know we sort of picked up on this week, and we think are worthy of some chit chat. And before we get into that, we want to talk a little bit about, I guess we would say our next event or our next big ride. Oh, maybe a little bit of both. We want to jump into that already. Yeah, I think we'll get this out of the way. That way, people can can hear it first send us their feedback and all that so john and i have been and rico have been kicking around this idea for about a year and we've decided we want to put this thing into high gear but we need a little feedback from the listener base so we we can ping the clubhouse at any time but kind of reaching out to the large audience go ahead john sorry i said okay oh all right so here's what we're thinking we don't have Everything nailed down, which is kind of why we're mentioning it, is sometime, let's say in the late spring, maybe early summer, we're going to do it before it gets too hot, is we want to have what we're going to call the Loud Pipes Mountain Meetup. So some sort of mountain destination where we want to meet up and ride, have a good time. So we're thinking, just tentatively, thinking a couple nights, a couple good days of riding, you know, we'll set up the whole event where... And we'll get a package deal with the hotel and food and John and I will plan out the route and we'll pre-ride it and we'll get everything set up and, and just have a good time. Kind of an expansion on what we did in PA, but just including more people and a few more days. Do you mean I want to be sent to the plan? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think what I'm saying is John's going to be planning <laughs> and I'm going to be enjoying my Showing paradise up. city. Nice. Nice one. Please, please say, well, you know, and, and we're getting some feedback from Dangerous Dave, and 
yeah, give us your guys' feedback. What what works for you guys? I mean, weekends work for us, you know. Um, we we have some. I'm thinking, my opinion would be kind of like someplace in Virginia, kind of break it up because I know the guys from up north not make them drive all right all the way down here and get in the mountains or, or yeah. you know, or or Boone. I mean, I know there's Grandfather Mountain. There's some nice roads there in the lower part of um, Virginia, northern part of North Carolina and Tennessee area, right there. So, yeah, lots of good riding in West Virginia. Plus, if we get east, you know, we can always do that. You already said that Skyline Drive. I was distracted by the chat. <laughs> no, no, I didn't say Skyline Drive. Um, that that yeah, that's a good road too. I mean, because the Blue Ridge Parkway goes all the way up there. You know, dumps up there by where were we? Staunton. Yeah, Stanton, Strasburg, Strasburg, however they say it. Yep, but, that area. But yeah, we're not going to talk about it too much tonight, but the general idea is a couple of days, maybe find a long weekend that works for a lot of people and just set up a, a real good time. You know, I, I know we can do bike events and things like that and meet up with people, but I think it'd be more fun if we also all got out and enjoyed some good riding. That'd be better. So what we're asking for is just general feedback. So hit us up on our feedback email address, which is simply feedback at rdubstudios.com. Or if you don't want to share an email address and you just want to send something in, there's a feedback link on our website. You can just send it anonymously. Yeah. And John will get to planning, I promise. <laughs> All right, John, you want to talk about boosted bikes? Yeah, man, let's talk about boosted bikes. What, we got? what are we boosting? So Kawasaki has the amazing h2 which we know and the h2r which is even crazier and there's a rumor out or there's kind of a tease out that there may be a new supercharged model Ooh. so the idea is something that would give you let's say leader bike performance but would be something smaller and more nimble like a 600 uh super bike that that that's very good. I know a lot of the guys I ride with are kind of um, have came from the sport bike slash naked bikes they ride, mm-hmm. and you know they were on the entry level three hundreds, and Nick skipped up to the six hundred six fifty level, and and they really enjoyed the nimble of the little bikes, yeah, but they enjoyed the performance of the bigger bikes, and to even go another step, and I'll throw a picture wrinkle in this i think it also helps out european countries where they get tax on the ccs that's right yeah tax licensing and insurance is all rated on uh, engine size purely engine size yeah so i mean that's the same thing if you kind of jump into car talk that's why ford went with a mustang and turboed made a turbo um ecoboost for the the four cylinders so it's only a 2.3 liter engine over seas but it has performance of a six cylinder yep and they sound kind of weird i i was actually behind one not too long ago and under like under throttle you know under pull what am i trying to say <laughs> under acceleration <laughs> it didn't sound too bad but you know at an idle and then decelerating it just sounded kind of terrible but you know, pulling away from the, the red light didn't sound too bad. Yeah, that's 
as we step back to when I was looking before I got WRX, and that's, you know, we did go test drive the Mustang EcoBoost, and my WRX has a better sounding than that car. I agree. So, yeah, this is, this is interesting because, you know, me, what little bit I've ridden the, the R6 around, I did enjoy how light the bike was. You know, whether I was tracking it or not, just being able to ride a bike that's less than 400 pounds is, you know, is quite different from, you know, a seven or 800 pound cruiser. Right. But even in the sport bike world, you know, the leader bikes, I think the R1 is tipping the scales closer to 500 pounds, um, if not more, you know, so if you can get it down more around that 400 pound range, but still have the same power as the, as what the R1 might do, or in Kawasaki's case, the, uh, the ZX-10. And I oh, that's the ZX-14. I think that would be cool. Yeah, but that's a big bike, though. That's a real big bike. Yep. So so I think it's kind of cool. And it goes back to, and I know we got another bike that we're going to talk about. It goes back to my last year prediction where <laughs> manufacturers are going to start turbo and or supercharging bikes. I knew you were going to try and throw that in there. Hey, I had to. You You threw that out to me earlier. So the only thing I would say, though, is I like the supercharged model because, in general, there shouldn't be much of a delay in getting to the throttle. Right. You know, the problem you have with turbos, traditionally, and I know they've gotten better over the years and there are all sorts of tricks they can do now, is the spool-up time. So you get in the throttle and it's just kind of flat for a second until you build up amount of boost and then off you go supercharger is right there and it's even you know produces even more torque from the way it feeds its boost yep. so i'm i'm all for the supercharger i don't know about the turbocharger but you're going to tell us all about that in a minute yeah and that also goes back to i mean they've already proven it with the h2 and h2r they already have it so right yeah just apply that package to a, a smaller engine yep that'll be neat and then they can put it into something like the Ninja 1000, and I can get my sport touring, supercharged sport touring motorcycle. <laughs> you can't see it, but oh man, the smile. All righty, sir. You have some more information on a boosted bike, do you not? Yeah, there is rumor that the 2019 Azuki Hayabusa is going to be a turbocharged engine. Say what? Yeah. There was rumblings that, you know, mid-2018 or as a 2019 model, they're going to maybe put a boot, going to put a turbo on it. Now, we have the big ICMA show coming up next week, isn't it? It is. I believe so. Hmm. Maybe we'll have something else to talk about next week. Yeah, and that's, and that's to go up against the uh, H2 is what they're working on. That's why they're coming out with it. Now the Busa, is that due for a refresh? That's not been that's not been redone in a while, has it? I think it's probably about due. I have to look because I know the the GSXR one thousand was new last year, which also won the Isle of Man TT, by the way. Oh, but um, yeah, I don't know when the the big Busa was last a new bike, so this could be good timing. Let me let me see if I can. Do a little research. You take a look at that. But yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see how they do it if they do it with a single turbo. You know, like I said, the the lag is something that, I, mean, I guess if you're used to it, it's not bad, but I don't know that I would really want to ride 
with that. So I wonder if they'll use a couple smaller turbos or they'll do some sort of, you know, smaller turbo feeds a bigger turbo kind of thing. And doesn't right. doesn't Ford do that with their EcoBoost? Don't they have two different sized on, on the on the tr- on the truck they do? So the smaller one spools up quickly and feeds the second one, right? Something like that. Okay. So uh, looks like 2008 was the second generation they came out with. Is the current model 2008? Eight. Ooh. Okay. So yeah, that's that's long in the tooth. So that will be interesting. And I've ridden a Busa only for a few miles, but I've ridden one. <laughs> yeah. Through Atlanta traffic. And that, that is a big sport bike though. You, know, you look at it and you're like, Hey, that's a, you know, it's just a sport bike. And then you get on it and you're like, Oh, this is kind of a big thing. Yeah. The, the live stream is getting a little busy tonight, Rich. I know business is picking up in there. Evening fellas. So I don't know. This will be cool. I guess we'll we'll pin this one for next week with Eichmann and see what we see what comes out of that. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We're also going to see the new Ducati V4 street bike. Yep, that's going to be unveiled next week. So maybe a new bike top, a new bike heavy show next week. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. And and as we said, I think there's some news coming out, and it's going to be interesting to see what comes out. Next one. So I see you got some winter approach here. You're going to refine your winter gear? Well, here's what I was thinking. All right, I'm, I'm ready for this one. So to play off of my, my appearance on Throttled last week, they had an episode just before I was on, so I think this would have been 105. And they were talking about some riding gear because, as we said, you know, Larry went down recently and really really praised the gear that he was wearing, you know, no road rash, hardly to speak of just a little bit on his hand, you know, his Helite vest did a great job keeping his head stable. Um, so much that many people, including myself are actually looking at the Helite as an addition to our gear. Yeah. Mm. I was, I was impressed, Mm. but the other thing they thought of, and I'm not sure why I never took it to this level was overpants. Okay. So instead of trying to layer up or, you know, get really expensive riding jeans, just go with what you have and get a nice pair of, you know, purposeful motorcycle overpants. In my case, it would probably be leather. Okay. So I know that's something that you have, but yours are textile. So you have riding overpants, right? Yes, I have two pairs. Single layer? Oh, two pair. I have two pairs. I have a pair of Joe Rocket. Um, I don't remember the name of um, Phoenix Ion. I can throw them in the show notes. Um, that are more mesh uh, for summer riding. The I would not buy them again. Uh oh. Okay. Um, due to, and I looked at the reviews. Pants are okay, but unfortunately, the buttons are snap buttons, and they're very cheap. And a little bit of breathing, and they pop. <laughs> or so, a big dinner. Yeah. <laughs> so what I ended up, so what I ended up doing was I went over to the local tailor and I had them remove them, put regular, you know, fasten buttons in, and that fixed the problem. Okay. Okay. Um, and there's there's um, kind of some hip armor in in the side, not really, you know, top of the line, and there's knee pads, knee armor as well. And you can upgrade them in their different position. And, you know, it's really nice is 
with overpants is that with both of these, you can um, unzip the legs and open it up pretty much all open them up. So if you got someplace and you're sitting there for a few minutes and want to open the legs up, you, I mean, you can open up the legs and kind of let them flop a little more to kind of let airflow in. Okay. Um, and then I have a pair of tour master overpants as well that are more waterproof and as well. Um, those are really good. They work well. Um, both hip and knee armor is those, and they can be changed out. In fact, I think how I did it when we went to Florida, I think I took the knee pads out of my Job Rockets and put in my Tour Master because they were a little more cupped and kind of form to the knee better. And I forgot I even did that. So, all right. And those are working out good for you. You like, yeah, you, you I, like putting I, them on to ride. And then when you get to where you're going, you take them off. Yeah. And, and in fact, um, to go another step, I, I just do it all the time. Um, the other night, I went out riding. I think before we went to PA, I went out for a little ride and I rode with jeans. And that's the first time I've ridden with just jeans. <laughs> And Tilly. I missed my overpants. Um, it was just very, I mean, it was a lot cooler. And I know that's, it was kind of a cool night and I was getting cold, but just wearing jeans. Yeah. So where, where the thought is coming from is I want to start riding to work more. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of burnt out to be honest from working from home. I just, right. I'm going stir crazy. I got to get out of the house. You know, we're just, we're always here. You know, I work from home, we're home sometimes, well, mostly on the weekends and just always in the damn house. <laughs> so right. I want to start going to the office more. It's about somewhere between eight and 10 miles from here. And I know that's not a long ride, but it's also business dress. So I don't really want to, you know, layer up and change twice a day or four times a day, just going from home to the office. So I thought I could just get up get dressed as I normally would for the office and then just have a nice pair of overpants and my yeah. jacket and off I go. Yeah, you actually do. And I, in fact, when I get to work, I have the overpants. I take them off and I have um, a pair of Crocs shoes at work if I, cause I wear riding boots as well. Yeah. I just kind of have another pair of shoes there and swap it out. Yeah. Now are yours waterproof or do you have a separate rain pants? Nope. Uh, my tour master ones are waterproof. As much as you expect. Um, if it, you know, I've ridden in rain, they will eventually soak through. I will honestly, um, let's see, when I went to the Outer Banks for the, uh, right across the state, I had those. I didn't have rain pants. And I say pretty dry. It was pretty dry. I mean, you'll get damp. I mean, you you know putting on rain pants in the rain yeah. you're going to oh, sweat and you're going to get damp no matter what I mean you're not going to say 100% dry so I, I mean I was damp well because I want them to also replace my rain pants I don't want them I'm not going to buy overpants and travel with the rain gear so these will need to be waterproof whatever I end up getting yeah you know, whether it's leather or textile it's going to have to be near to waterproof right and and the the tour master ones were uh, I think they're like 100 and maybe 50 for them maybe less for them. Um, and, and this is talking to listeners and kind of just, you know, my for seek. I mean, I wear suspenders to hold them up. 
And a belt. And, no, no, I don't have a belt. I don't have a belt. I mean, they just, they lash, but they just fall down. Um, when you start walking around, they just start slipping and it just doesn't stay. And so that's just how I try to keep them up. And I know that you talked about coming back from PA, you're talking about how your riding jeans kind of, you know, you kind of had a bunch in the back where you kind of just felt something yeah. like your riding jeans were causing you back pains. Yeah. The seam, I, I was looking at it when I got home, the seam where the jeans stitched together, there's like four layers of fabric come together. So it almost creates like this dot, you know, right, basically right where the tailbone is. Right. So I've got a, I got to figure that out. There's also also a big zipper there too. So the other thing was it might have been the the head of the zipper mm. because I don't have it zipped to anything, so it can just move back and forth. It could have been that as well. Right. And and the other thing with the cool with the riding pants, and this is just you on like bike trips, is that you could just put a pair of shorts or you know nothing underneath except your hey hey you now hey now <laughs> your underwear and there's, there's your riding pants and you're done. So you kind of get a little more comfy. Yeah. And that would exact, that would be the idea is I want, it's going to have to be something that replaces the rain gear. And I don't want to say all the layers, but most of the layers, like these will be temperature, rain, all that stuff. So if anyone, if anyone's using a good set of leather overpants that you would recommend, I'm interested in those first, but my riding jacket is actually not leather. So that would also require me to get a new jacket, <laughs> which I would like to do. But I'm just curious to see what people are using in the leather category because I know what you have on the textile side. Yeah. And and do note, I mean, it is not cooler. I won't say it's cooler. I'm not going to say it's hotter than jeans. Uh, um, I mean, I haven't ridden with jeans in the summertime, you know, riding jeans. Um, I, in fact, a uh, guy I ride with Omega, he switched to over pants from jeans or riding jeans this summer and he likes his mesh pants over the jeans because they're cooler than jeans well that makes sense in the summer yeah yep and they still wear pretty well you know we were talking about larry earlier a lot of his gear was also mesh which was surprising yeah yeah the mesh gear is supposed to be pretty pretty stout up there that's why a lot of it is up there and it's a lot of the high quality stuff Cool. So we'll got to see what it is. Did you want to talk about your skivvies? My skivvies? My motor skivvies? <laughs> I saw it in the chat. I couldn't resist. Oh, my motor skivvies? <laughs> your motor skivvies. <laughs> and I'm going to have to put that in the show notes. So here we go with a recommendation on something else for gear, if you want to go with it. Is um, Matthew threw out, when last year he went out to... The mountains, he bought motor skivvies, and everybody's like, well, what's motor skivvies? Well, they're underwear with some padding in your ass. Tell us, John. <laughs> and there's three types. There's sport, there's cruiser, and there's adventure. And the padding is foam padding in areas that would help, you know, that riding position that you're in. So I didn't buy them, and then when we went on the east, the state ride, Omega, was talking about on his CBRF 650 how he was going to how he was going to have some pain and uncomfort and I threw out hey look at the motor skivvies so he actually bought a pair of 
um, sport bike motor uh, motor skivvies, and he swore by them. He's like, hmm. these were awesome. Okay, I, I couldn't have done the ride without them. They were comfy. They helped a lot. So after I had two advices, I said, okay, let me go buy a pair. So I bought a pair and I rode them to PA, and I actually think they helped out. Yeah, we and we talked about in a hotel, so that's one thing we missed talking about on our uh, episode one hundred and four. Right. So something for you guys to look at. They're not the cheapest things. They're sixty five dollars a pair. Um. Really? Um. Yeah. Um. I did also buy the Motor Skivvy socks, and. They were compression socks that come all the way up to your ankle, and they're built with aloe or aloe in them to help with stuff. And they really help my feet and comfort as well. A couple of things for people to look at if you're doing these. Um, in fact, Roger said he has both. So yeah. yeah, I've got to add something for these long, long distance trips. That you know, on the way up, you know, like you said, I was able to make it the 120 mile stints that we did but on the way home not even close yeah and, i just couldn't couldn't stay in the seat and i think as we talked about it with you getting a different bike you like your bike hopefully one day you upgrade it but until that point you have to find how to make yourself more comfortable and i feel there's gear out there to help you out with that you just have to find what works best for one person for you every person is different yeah, I think that's it. The The reality is, regardless of how good of a deal I could possibly get a 2016 black FJ09, it doesn't really matter because I shouldn't be spending any money right now, even you know, even a couple hundred bucks, let alone a couple thousand dollars. Right. So I think I need to just kind of buckle down, make myself more comfortable gear-wise, maybe a different seat, and that's it. Just, just keep riding what I have. Right. And, and and to kind of throw us in the show, if you want, if you want to borrow my overpants, because I think we're about the same size, probably in the waist, same I would imagine, yeah, same height. I mean, that's there. There's no length difference. If you want to try borrow them before you buy a pair, let me know. I'll I'll, I'll wash them out for you. All right. So, and I mentioned the FJ because I was at Matthew's Fun Machines earlier today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that's that right. in the garage segment. All right. Any other winter news you want? No, the only other thing is I I want to return to Daytona for the Rolex again, so... Hang on, back to Daytona what, for yeah, Rolex? What, what? Yeah. When, I, when was this talked about? I, th- I think we... Well, last week you weren't feeling well, so on the downshift it was just Rico and I. And, and he's going to be in Florida then, so another another good incentive to get down there. But what we were talking is... I kind of feel we got shorted on the racing last year because the weather was just terrible. Right. So I'm hoping we can get lucky again, sneak out of here, ride down, and actually get to see more of the racing. That's oh. what I want to do. So, and we got another member from the clubhouse who might join us. So, oh, who's that? Who's that? I'll tell you in the downshift. Okay. <laughs> it might be secret. I don't know. Okay. You know how you are with your secrets. You understand. Yeah, yeah. All right, we got a couple more. Let's move on. <laughs> so, John, when we talk about electric motorcycles, what do we gripe about? Uh, range. Range, yes. 
and how long it takes to recharge. Oh, darn. And if only it could recharge faster, the range wouldn't really matter as much. Well, that is true because, you know, like we get on a bike, we go 100 miles, 120, and we get off. And it depends on who's riding. It could be a 15-minute stop (laughs) or it could be a 45-minute break. (laughs) Or you might be stopping every 50 miles. Who knows? Right, 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 right. There's guys like that out there, you know, poor bastards. I know, man. I feel sorry for those guys. Well, if if you've been hankering for an electric bike and you're just not happy with the range, that could be changing soon. Ooh, really? What's happening? There's a company called Enovate. I believe that's how they say it. E-N-E-V-A-T-E. And they have come up with a new technology to charge the batteries much faster and be more dense with the amount of energy that they hold. Mm. So we'll put two different links to this in the show notes. The article that sparked my idea was from VentureBeat um, on November 2nd, but it actually leads to a press release at um, Business, Business Wire. So we'll have both links to that in the show notes. But Check this out. They're talking about an extremely fast charging time of only five minutes, which would add up to 240 miles of range. Five minutes, John. Now we're getting somewhere. Or you could get as much as 50 miles dumped into your battery in 60 seconds. How crazy is that? Getting somewhere finally. Now we're getting there. And that's been my gripe all along is like, Look at the ride to PA or look at what we're talking about doing to Daytona again. You can't make it to Daytona in a day with current electric bikes because by the time you stop and wait for that thing to fill up, it's going to be dark. So you're talking multiple days. But yeah, if I can get 240 miles of range in five minutes, that's the winner right there. So yeah, follow Innovate Corporation. (laughs) This is going to be good stuff. If they do that, and they get it out there. It's coming. Um, I know a guy I work with is told me there's some date 2040. All cars will be electric. Well, there's some, yeah, there's some countries now that are that are mandating or sort of banning gasoline engines. They're sort of saying everything's got to be electric by this date. Yeah, I see all of those slipping several times. It's nice to put a stake in the ground, but you know, when the reality is it's not there, it's not there. I mean, you can't force it. So someday it may be, but I, I think 2020 is a, that's a, that's a reach. <laughs> no, I think it was 2040. Yeah. <clears throat> or something. Okay. 2040, I'll give you, but 2020, come on, two, two years. No, no, it's, it's, it's up and. Now the, the problem with this though is going to be, you know, what, what dangerous Dave is saying. What kind of charger does this require? You know, is this going to be something you can only get from like a Tesla style supercharger? Or are you going to be able to just plug this in at your house and get the same, same benefit? No idea. Another thing he says, don't believe the internet. Yeah. Well, they're saying charging stations. So they're not talking about plugging this in at home. And the really cool thing, and I don't know, did we talk about zero motorcycles? Last show? No, I didn't. I think I talked about that with Kevin. Their new um their new models are charging quicker and they're getting more range. They've got a 
a nice increase in range. I want to say 10%. Don't quote me on that. But they've also reduced the charging time. There's an additional auxiliary charger you can add to it and and really increase um, how much juice you get in per minute. Mm. So zero is making gains year over year, which is really cool to see. Yeah, it's getting there. Technology's coming along. It's just, I don't know. I like my gas. You can't beat that rumble, man. No. Can't beat it. All right, so I think that's cool. Like I said, we'll put two links to the show notes in there. If anyone wants to read more, there's a really long article. Not really long, but a fairly long article on Business Wire. Uh, There's a video there as well, so check it out. Cool. Cool, cool. So Harley Davidson is getting into the wireless headset game. Oh. Or at least an, an interface, we might say. So they just buy technology from somebody? Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. So they're offering this wireless headset interface module, it's called. Part number 76307468. <laughs> For the bargain basement price of two ninety nine ninety five, And this will give oh, you... Oh, I thought it was one ninety nine. Oh no! Sorry, oh, wrong one. Three hundred bucks, man. Sorry, wrong one. Let me let me get to the right one. Sorry. So this will give you access to the Boom Audio system on twenty fourteen and later touring bikes, and it's supposed to give you full access to the infotainment system. So using Bluetooth technology, uh, one of the videos you see them connected to various headsets. One of uh, Harley Davidson's um, helmet headsets that's available actually is using Senna twenty S technology. And uh, it looks pretty interesting. What do you think, boss? It's cool. And I think, if I remember correctly, I think Happy Jack has this. The helmet is $199. So the, the Boom Audio SPH-10 Bluetooth half-helmet headset is 200 bucks. Right. And then it looks like they're using a 20S helmet. So, you know, it's cool that technology is coming this way. Um, going back to talking about the Spider and how K&M's coming out with it. You know, that's what people are using to do it, you know, to have the navigation better and interface with the bike and with your helmet. Yeah. Oh, the 20S one is, is 300 bucks. What's what's the price of a Senna 20S? Just straight up. Uh, they don't have the 20S no more. No, but when it was available, how much was it for a single? Uh, it was right around 200. Around 200. And then the pair was like 350? I think uh, the pair uh, last time was around four. Okay. So it looks like they're getting about a hundred dollar premium on this. Right. HD hundred dollars. <laughs> and then just so you know, the new Santa 30 K out, the single is 300 for one. Okay. Are they going to offer a two pack for that as well? Yeah, they do offer a two pack and it's five twenty. Dang. Expensive. So, yeah, I thought this was neat that um, Harley's kind of extending all the infotainment stuff that they have on the bike and extending the audio portions at least out to the headset. I thought that was pretty neat. Right. I can't imagine anyone wanting to wire these, but. (laughs) And I'm kind of surprised they didn't have something like this already. Like, I was trying to find out if this was completely new for them, and it seems like it is. Right. I mean, that's the. I think manufacturers are going this way with Bluetooth because I think more people are getting the centers or comms in, in the helmets. Some of them, you know, the, the 
people today are more riders today are getting more techy. Yeah, well, techy stuff. And with connected cars and bikes, some of this is going to be even more important as time goes on. So, yeah, interesting stuff. I have nothing else to say on it. Just thought it was interesting. Yep. All right, one more topic before we get to our, I guess, our midway point, as we call it. All right, what you got? So, John, do you think the robots are taking over? Some people would think they are. <laughs> I don't think so yet. Do you remember that crazy motorcycle riding robot that Yamaha was working on? I think so. Didn't we talk about that once before? We talked about it when it was in development, but they finally got it to the point where they put it to the test. Oh. So the goals for the project was that they wanted the robot to be able to beat the fastest rider. They wanted it to basically to beat Valentino Rossi. You know, and did they? Well-known MotoGP rider and champion. And I'm happy to report, at least for now, it did not. And it wasn't even close. <laughs> no? Yeah, Rossi smoked the robot by some 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. Over the lap. It was a beating. Which is good. I mean, that's that's how it should be, right? Riding a motorcycle at that speed with that skill that he has. I mean, that shouldn't be topped by, you know, a three-year-long robotics project. That's what you hope would happen. And you also got to remember that the robot has to process what to do. And the human brain is faster than, I think, functional computer. Well, there's all the minutiae, right? If you think of all this stuff they talk about, you know, AI and machine learning, like the machines have to be fed an enormous amount of data in order for any of that to work. So in in some regards, software is just reactionary. It's taking input and it's making a decision, which is a lot like what our brain is doing, but there's also sort of the predictive aspect of it. You know, where he's not just, you're not just reacting to what the bike's doing. You're sort of looking at the, the track and the curves and planning, you know, planning out ahead. I don't know that the software is doing that stuff yet. So the bike was most likely just, re, you know, more of a reactionary approach. And right. you're just not going to beat intuition. And, and as Roger just threw, or not Roger, Dangerous Dave threw out, was the robot can't feel the road. So if it, applies throttle or the, or the road is slippery you can't feel if it's given too much throttle and it's slipping yeah it's only as good as the sensors that it has so yeah it can't it doesn't have that tactile feel of the road all it has is a sensor to tell it that the rear wheel is now going faster than the front wheel so i need to let off the throttle now let's kind of put this back into perspective and maybe you did feel this when you and rico went onto nascar riding did you, you remember back in the day they used to say the drivers could feel this you know feel the road in this or tracking this in their butt or in the seat and you could feel the car slipping did you feel any of that what do you mean in the simulator no when you went on the uh, out on the track when you record the test drives i i didn't feel any of that because we weren't we weren't going fast enough to, <laughs> to slip it wow then I must have been going faster than you guys. I I never 
Yeah, I never got the sense that the car was slipping not even one iota. Because when I was when I did my day, and I think I was in either Michael Waltrip or Sterling Marlin's car was when I was in, and I remember going around turn three and turn four, and I went in too hot, and I felt the back end start to slide. And the the how they did it was since we didn't have radios in us the flagman would tell you to, you know, would give you directions. And when I went by, he told me to slow down. So they must've saw the back end slide slip out. Yeah. I, I didn't feel any of that in the car. Um, yeah, I felt, I felt the car start to, I felt it start to slide, but I do feel, I do feel the disconnect of that when I run my simulator. So the iRacing yep. simulator that I have here, it's, it's incredible software. The, the visuals and the feedback, at least in the wheel, are amazing. And, and the sound as well. But there's no feel. There's no feel in the butt. You can't really tell if you're getting faster or slower. You only can look at the stopwatch. And like you said, if it starts to slide out, you have to wait for your eyes to notice that the car is getting sideways. By then, you've probably lost it. Yep. So, yeah, I think the the robot, at least for now, is suffering from that. and. Um, I'm just double checking the article. Yeah. 30 seconds, 30 second beating. <laughs> yeah. Mm. All right. Moving on. Moving on, sir. Okay, John. Well, let's take a minute and recognize the people who continue to make our show possible. And we like to thank them each and every show before we move into our U-turn. So let's start with our barbershop riders. That would be. Mr. Jebby, first five, and Zion, also first five, as well as Chuck, Mike, and Chris. We also have our riders group, which consists of first five members, Marcus, Rickard, and Edward. And the rest of that group is Steve, Micah, Kenny, Roger, Dangerous Dave, and Chad. Our insiders group is Darren and the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast. Say that twice. And we thank everyone for all their support. Like we said, it. It does make the show possible, covers all of the uh, hosting bills and media processing and things like that. And I also picked up some new equipment recently that we were able to get with uh, funds from our supporters. So thank you all for that. It was much appreciated. Loudpipes.net slash donate is the place to be. If you want to sign up for that, just select the reward that interests you most. And if you're not down with the monthly thing, we also have a one-time donation page there and contributions of any size, again, greatly appreciated. U-turn time, U-turn time. Johnny John? Yes, sir. Do you cringe a little bit when I say the word walnut? Nope. (laughs) I had no problem with those things. But I heard you guys did. We forgot to talk about that last week. What about walnuts? Or did we? So, yeah, on our ride. Are they chocolate covered? No. Glazed? They were huge and green. Most of them were green. Oh, those things in PA on the side of the road that you guys were hitting. Yeah. Oh. So Zion warned us, or Zion and Dave actually warned us that, you know, there's a lot of walnuts out on the road. And, you know, generally most of them are on the side, but some of them were in the middle of the road. And, boy, I got to tell you, with a skinny front tire like what I have on my deuce, I was not wanting to see many of those in the roadway. 
Did you hit any? I don't think so. Okay. If I did, I didn't realize it. <laughs> well, that's a good thing then. I rolled it out of the road so no one else would hit it. <laughs> See, we needed we needed double D to go first with that big steamroller. <laughs> he would just flatten them all out. That big or, rear tire. Or I go, right? And then I would fly it up and hit you guys instead. Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah, that was it. We just wanted to mention that it was kind of a road hazard and it was a funny theme of the day. Sort of took on a meaning of its own during the ride, so it was pretty pretty neat. Yeah, and and I and I have video hopefully, and I try to get some shots of it. I try to look down as we went through some of it too. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Get get some of it, and I know I owe you the video. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. I'm. I, I honestly say I am slacking over here. Okay. See, I get the last show out in one day, and you, all you got to do is send me a file. A file <laughs> or six. Yeah, that's there we go. There we go. There we go. It's probably 256 gigs. Oh, I was going to say how much data was it? I think I'd used two or three SD 128 SD cards over the weekend through the whole trip. So that one day, probably we had three hours. So probably about 120 gigs. Yeah, I don't, I don't need all of it. Just the mountain ride is what I was interested in. Yeah, I got to see what I got. Or is having technical difficulties. All right. Well, that's all I had to say about the walnuts. It was just a funny story. Yeah, it was. All right. So. <coughs> you all right there, man? Sorry. There's there's that cough. You know, there we go. Are you smoking again? Yeah. <laughs> you caught me. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> you caught me. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's some more information about the new Goldwing. Well, it, it's all information we had in our links from last episode, but uh, Cycle World took a little deeper dive into the double wishbone front suspension of the new Goldwing. The interesting thing that I, I saw here was the amount of parts that are in the steering now and how the bars are not directly connected anymore. Right. So going up through the the assembly here, and we'll have a, obviously have a link to this in the show notes, from the bottom of the fork, so you have the front fork itself, and then that connects to what they call the fork holder, and then the lower arm connects to the bottom of that with the front cushion, which looks just looks like a shock absorber with a spring on it. Then above that, you have your upper arm, and then the steering arm section. Now between the steering arm and what they call the steering bridge, which is where you're handlebars are actually attached are tie rods <laughs> like mm. two steering tie rods hmm. so it's like what the heck like now now you have tie rod ends on your handlebars i mean they don't look that big but still it's kind of like okay the bars are not sort of directly connected to the forks anymore or to the triple trees as you might have with a traditional fork setup so I, I just thought it was interesting. I hadn't looked at all those individual parts together and, and see how much goes into actually turning the bike now. It's, it's pretty complicated. Right. That'll it be is. some expensive repair bills if you put one of these down. Oh, man, can you imagine? These bikes will probably get totaled if you, ever, if you have a front-end collision. They'll just total of, it and be like, that's done. <laughs> a lot of things, you know, talking about people that have had wrecks, I know about a lot of it is 
is cosmetic. You know, um, one of the guys I ride with with the GSX S750, mm-hmm. his bike got totaled, and it's pretty much the gas tank totaled it. What? Really? It was, yeah, and I think uh, fork got bent. Well, forks, and, yeah, I can get that because if it if it bends the neck at all, then they don't they don't want to bother straightening the frame. Hmm. Well, that happened to Rickard too in the clubhouse, right? When he wrecked his Honda, same thing. You know, front end collision bent the forks, and they totaled, yeah, totaled it. I mean, they totaled it pretty much, and it was just cosmetic. Just, I think it was you know he was able to drive it. I think just some fork had to be fixed, the tank, and there were some other plastic pieces had to be replace i mean but you know the frame was okay the engine was okay everything else was okay but that's how it got totaled so that's how you get project engines (laughs) well it's up for uh sale you can go bid on it if you want gsx 750s you said yeah Hmm. so but anyway the other thing about this article was just they were going over some of the benefits and you know sort of where the technology comes from um, and they're kind of wondering if it's going to stick, you know, industry wise, or if this will just be something unique to the Goldwing. Yeah, allow them to. It says it reduced the sock uh, road surface to the handlebar by thirty percent, and allowed them to move the rider forward. Had uh, thirty six millimeters. Yeah, no, I get, I get the advantages here for sure, but you know, if no one else takes on the technology, like I said, it'll just be something unique to the Goldwing. Yep. But pretty cool stuff. All right. Anything else to add on that one, John? John? No, I think we're good on that, my friend. I could make up a new nickname, but we'll leave that alone. Well, you guys are trying, trying to give me way a nickname too hard spit- to give me a nickname. <laughs> they're trying to call you Spitball in the, in the live stream. They're calling me Spitball, and I'm not Spitball. <laughs> you are Spitball. Uh, I already got my, enough of my nicknames. I'm going to start booting some people from the live stream. Oh, you wouldn't do that. <laughs> Maybe Kenny. If he gets rowdy, I can just kick him out. Kenny? Kenny who? Kenny. My brother. I don't see him. He was there earlier. He's off sleeping. All right. I have to get on Brother Hogan because I still need a sound clip for spend my money. We're going to spend some money. Which money are we spending tonight? How about that? Okay. Okay. That works. All right. Our next contestant on the spend my money segment actually comes from the clubhouse. Oh. So we do want to give a little shout out to Chuck. We know he had an incident earlier in the year, and we know he's getting on well with that. But of course, that means the bike was no more. So it's time for a new bike. New bike, new bike. And here is our criteria. He asked for our help, right? Loud Pipes is going to get you a new bike. Well, wait, no, don't take it that way. (laughs) I don't mean like get you a new bike. (laughs) Select a new bike. How about that? We're going to help you decision. All right. So we've got a solo rider, back roads, not too much for highways, but the bike should be highway worthy. So nothing too light here. And it needs to handle mountain twisties well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Gets me thinking. I already have an idea where you are probably too, but okay, continue. He says he's more comfortable on a cruiser style, but he's fine with a dual sport as well. Okay, didn't mention sport bike, so we'll we'll get away from that category. Top of the budget, uh, 13K. 
fairly novice rider, three years experience, and it's more about enjoying the ride than the bells and whistles. And no real brand preference. Mm-hmm. Mm. We got our work cut out for us now. So I'm not going to pick right now. Well, I hope you not. Know, you know when I read this first one, you know what I thought about? Uh, FJ09? Yeah. You did? <laughs> did you really? <laughs> I'm like, well, that, that would fit really good. You know, it could handle the twisties. It could do things. But, you know, he wants a cruiser style. So that kind of like, hmm. Well, it's kind of dual sport if you put dual sport tires on it. Well, no, he's no, he's fine with a dual sport style. Yeah. So I would say the riding position. Well, I'm thinking more like, now we should clarify. Are we talking dual sport or adventure? Because dual sport, I'm thinking like klr you know if it's if it's adventure then we can kick in something like the versus Mm. Mm. or maybe even the fj on a pinch but don't take it off road (laughs) yeah well hmm all right we've got some work to do so what do you think is this going to be a one week two week effort i think we can get next week next week we gotta hang out next week We'll, we'll get hogan to Scrape up something from his end as well. Another scooter. Yeah, well, it's got to be six bikes, though. We have to, we'll have to talk offline and make sure we have six. All right, all right. You know, you and I picked the same two bikes last week. That's not right. Got to well, be different. I'm sorry. Be different. Just your your order was wrong. No, it wasn't. It was the right order. <laughs> wrong order. It was right order. It was right order. Uh, I don't right. know. The, the the guys in the. In the uh, in the live streamer, throwing out some ideas for him. Yeah, used gunner, leftover gunner, hammer for you, victory fans. Yeah, we have no idea who's throwing those out, do we? Well, the budget the budget's interesting because that doesn't give you, you know, in the cruiser world, that's that's going to knock down a lot of the new stuff, at least from the Harley side. You know, yep. we could we could go over to the metric world, but. Or also look at some use options. So lots of stuff out there. Yep. All right. All right. It's over to the garage. Okie dokie. All right. Two garage projects. And yes, I'm actually working on a project. So I'm just itching to ride the R6. You know that. We've talked itching. about it offline. Itching. Itching. What? Yeah, and since a new bike is going to be a while off, I need to get this one on the road. So the front forks are leaking, or at least one of them is leaking pretty bad. The other one seems to be okay. And I wanted to rebuild them, take them apart, put new seals in, check all the parts. And I also want to properly, I don't want to say this, I want to put the proper springs in there for my weight. Okay. So Mr. Hogan being this little scrawny guy and the bike probably being set up for about a 150 pound rider from the factory means that the front end, essentially, if I get it on the track, is just going to bottom out with my weight. Or you crank a ton of preload in it, now you really don't have any adjustability or feel, so we don't want to do that. So a couple of things that I read, and I was originally looking at Olin's because they did, did this as a service where you would tell them, you know, what's the, what's the bike? You know, what kind of forks do you have on it? What's your weight? How do you plan to ride it? And then they'll basically send you the spring that you need for the bike. 
So I went over to Matthew's Fun Machines and I decided to see what they could do. So I told him what I was doing. This guy pulled up a, gosh, I wish I could remember the website now. It was like Racetech Suspension or something like that. And it did the same thing to put in the bike, how I plan on riding it, what my, what the rider weight is without gear. And it tells you the weight of the spring that you need in front and rear. So I thought that was pretty cool. Sweet. And so, I bought the parts. Oh. <laughs> and now, I'm gonna are you going to do the work yourself? No, I'm not. And that's, so I'm going to take the forks off the bike, you know, disassemble the front of it, take the forks off. When the parts come in, which was about a little over 200 bucks, I think it was like 240 bucks. And they're going to do it for 80 bucks each. I mean, how can I not have them do it? 80 stinking dollars. And I'll have it, I'll know it's done right. Yeah. So that's what we'll do. So for less than, less than 350 bucks. No, be a little more than that. A little over four hundred. I'll have new, you know, new rebuilt front forks with the spring for my weight, for track riding, all new seals ready to go. Nice. So and that should and it should also leave adjustability. So since I have the right size, the right weight spring in there, I should be able to then dial in the the suspension for the track. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Cool, cool. Damn, man. Sounds really good. Did you fall asleep on me? No, no. You're like, I don't give a rip. <laughs> no, no, no. You're good. <laughs> I don't know. I seemed like I was boring you. No, no, no. And I have one more project I'm working on. So since, like I said, probably not going to get a bike for a while. I need a bigger luggage rack for the deuce. And of course, they make nothing for it. Um, so I decided I'm going to try and make one. Just out of some basic metal. There is a place to bolt it to the the backrest, the passenger backrest upright. There's two big bolts there. So I think what I can do is I can just fab up a little, you know, a little luggage rack that's wider than what I have, something that's nice and flat. So I can put my larger piece of luggage on there and have it cinched down tight and not move all around. So, and this is also a test for the clubhouse. We had a, a fairly spirited conversation you might say about you know building versus buying and whatnot so it's kind of a test i want to see how long does it really take what does it actually cost you know for just a common person who doesn't have a lot of tools hasn't done any fabrication so when i get done is it going to be something that i want on the bike first of all is it going to look good enough be strong enough and it's also going to be chromed so what does it all cost Oh, you're going to chrome it? Dude, it's going on my bike. Yeah, it's going to be chromed. <laughs> but I'm not going to rattle can it flat black. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. You did ask a question. Yes, I probably could hook you up with somebody. Well, I maybe powder coat it. I could do that as well. But it's, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to paint it myself. I'm, because it's going to be used for cinching the bag. The The finish is going to have to be rugged. If right. I just paint it, it's just going to come off. Yeah, I know you asked about the welding and and where we got the trophy welded. I probably can hook you up with somebody to, if you got something that's, you know, a few minutes, you know, welding, I probably can hook you up with, come up here and get it all really done nice. Because I've done, I mean, 
I know in a trophy it looks tack welded, but I know that they uh, they do professional stuff and they built a little stand for the server there that I needed. And oh my goodness, this thing came out like all nice and angled and all, you know, nice rounded off. And yeah, so but yeah, that's what I want to try and do. And I know you and I talked before that I I had a real simple idea just for a flat plate of metal with some holes in it to cinch the bag, and I would just bolt it down when I want to use it, but I want to take it a step further and make it something that might be more of a permanent fixture to the bike. Right. And I've never really done it. I thought it would be fun to just get some, you know, go get some stock, some steel stock and lay out a pattern, cut it up. Like I said, get you or somebody else to weld it together and, and then have it finished and, and plated. I think that'd be cool. Cool. All right. That's all I got for the garage. Close the door. Close the door. Post door. All right, my man. How we doing on time? Uh, I think I think we had a good show for tonight, my friend. Oh yeah, I'm on an hour ten ish, twelve ish. Yeah. Do you want to chat about cars? Or you want to save that one? We'll save that one. I can't pick your brain on just one. Okay, pick my brain on one. Which one you want to pick my brain about? <laughs> which one you want? Which one you want? I know which one you want. You yeah. want the first one, don't you? Yeah, I'm going to go with the first one. So you want me to tell you what I I, I pulled this page up, and I'm don't go with the topic. I'm going to tell you what it look. I'm going to tell you what the first thing it looks like. You ready for this? Yes. A Ford GT. No, it does not. Yes, it does. It does not. Okay, go go pull up a Ford GT picture, and it's the same. Almost looks like almost like a Ford GT. It looks like a Ferrari F430. Okay. All right. I can go with that one then. <laughs> uh, I, I, sh- I should have said the same thing. It looks. It does look right. more like a Ferrari. So we're talking about the possibility of a mid-engine Corvette. And we haven't talked cars in a while, but if you guys have listened for a while, then you know that, that I'm a pretty big Corvette fan. No, no, not you. And I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, I really like that that the Corvette is front engine, rear drive, you know, just old school shock and all horsepower and just on the racetrack at least just they just take everyone to task, you know, at least in the WeatherTech series. So I think it's cool and I I don't really want to see them get into the mid-engine game mainly because of my dislike for the the GT I think is really where that comes from, but yeah, I just, I just, I would hate to see it change from, you know, the front engine rear drive car. I just, that will take some getting used to now. If they, if they want to make this alongside of the existing Corvette and just offer it as another model, then I'm, I'm okay with that. But if, if this replaces the Corvette entirely and there is no front engine, that's going to be sad day for me. Yeah, I agree with you. It's not a vet. Yeah, it'll it'll be something different. And I really hope they call it something different. You know, rumors are that it'll be called the Zora or something like that. But, you know, just please don't call it Corvette or don't call it a C8 or anything like that. Just give it another name. Make it its own thing. And keep the traditional one because I still want to buy one new. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Um, you know the threat from my wife, right? No, what's the threat? Yeah, she keeps threatening me that she's going to buy a Corvette. 
And oh. She, and she's going to put a vanity plate on it that says, not his. <laughs> I could see her doing that. Too. And an automatic, to just to spite me. You know, trying to find a, an, a manual Corvette is very hard. No, like... Um, no, it's... I remember they, the numbers. There's still like 30 or 40% of them are manual. But performance-wise, they're faster now with automatics. Barely. I'm just telling you. Yeah, it's not about that, though. On the, if, if I'm putting it on the racetrack, yeah, sure. But if you want the driving experience, you're not going to replace that. It's just like this stupid robot riding motorcycle. Oh, I get you. I, I know what you're telling. It's like, who cares? A robot can ride a motorcycle. Who cares? Do we need robots to ride motorcycles? No. Well, do we need cars to drive themselves? For some people, we do. <laughs> That's for damn sure. All right, Johnny, I agree with you. I think that's probably it. I did have one more, but I want to save that for Hogan because I know he likes his hypercars. All right. But that car is really cool. I do want to talk about that one. Okay. All right, a couple of events before we sign out. Yep. Yep. What you got? Well, we have the first annual Wild Pipes meetup, mountain meetup, someplace. Someplace. At some day. Sometime. We don't know. Send us feedback. In the next 12 months. How about that? Well, hopefully it's before 12 months. Well, sometime in the next 12 months. <laughs> that way you're not going to be wrong. Right. And then, I know this is a ways out. I can officially say, second annual East Coast Moto Amino Meetup. Oh. It's June 9th in Wake Forest, North Carolina. Nice. So, unfortunately, last year, it was in Charlotte. And that was where it originally was going to be, I thought, until this past week it got moved to Wake Forest. Now that's final? That's all done? Yep. Cool. Well, now but now we can plan. Yep, plan the location. We're going to work on... There's more details coming out. Stay tuned. There's more things coming about. But it's going to be pretty cool. Awesome. So June 9th. Saturday, June 9th. And that'll yep. be 2018, just for your notes there. Oh, Yeah. Thanks, man. No problem. And thank you, John. As always, it's it's fun doing it. We didn't have Brother Hogan tonight, but you're doing a fantastic job of carrying the torch. So thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Yay. No problem. And the clubhouse has been active tonight, man. Or not the clubhouse. The, the live stream has been active. I don't know what they're talking about. They're talking about fabrication, this, that. I don't know. Trying to call me spitball, but I'm not spitball. That's you. Yeah. Big thanks to the live stream. Appreciate everyone hanging out. and. We always send that out as we go live. We send it out over Twitter and Facebook. It's it's Mixler.com slash RW Studios. Or from our website, it's loudpipes.net slash live is another way to get there. And we appreciate them hanging out. And again, we also want to thank the Riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support. And we just encourage everyone to check out loudpipes.net forward slash donate and see what we have to offer there. The clubhouse this week has been off the hook with the conversation so the guys in there mixing it up just some some really good good conversations back and forth you know we you know we keep it civil but you know people definitely have their opinions and i like to see the differing opinions that's what's nice about um the different people we have in the clubhouse um loudpipes.net slash 105 is the link for show notes this week that's where you'll find additional information we'll have links there images 
Uh, there's also a place to leave us feedback, subscribe to the show. And what else, John? What else is there? Anything else? Mm. Follow us on social media. Social media. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, sir. Kickstands up. Later. Later. for listening please consider supporting the show we offer generous rewards for your contribution find more details at loudpipes.net forward slash donate